Are you ready to make positive transformation happen for you? Today, you're going to hear how some of the most successful people in the world have made it happen. Hello, and welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership with Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. These successful people and Dr. Woolsey will share advice, insights, tips, and tricks designed to help you incite personal action. It's time to bring positive transformational leadership to your life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. Hello, world. This is Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey coming to you, and you're listening to Transformational Energy Leadership, and I'm hosting you live from the heartland of America. Now, today's show features core elements of leadership and the importance of transformational leaders having a sound understanding of their values. Now, before we get started, a quick reminder to go to my website during the commercial break. That's transformationalenergyleadership.com, where you can learn more about me and my business offerings, and you can also contact me by emailing me at mwoolsey at transformationalenergy.com leadership.com and you can also find me on this platform under voiceamerica.com under the entrepreneur or the empowerment channel rather and I'm also on Facebook that's on LinkedIn and and those two social media areas now to listening audience this is a live show so if you have a comment or a question please dial in and be part of the dialogue today so today's show is called transformational leaders know their values and joining me is linda kutagawa she's the president and ceo of leap that stands for leadership education for asian pacifics and i have to tell you a little bit about this woman she's got a lot going for her she is passionate about social or she's a passionate social entrepreneur for over 25 years and a beneficiary of LEAP's leadership programming and an advocate for diversity and a believer in the value and urgent need for diverse leadership. Linda has dedicated herself to continuing the cycle of leadership development and inspiring Asian and Pacific Islanders to step up to leadership roles across sectors, industries, and communities. She's also an appointed member of the California Department of Insurance Diversity Task Force, and she's also a member of the Asian Asian American Institute Advisory Board at California State University at Los Angeles and a board member of Japanese American Community Services, a community grant-making organization. Okay, I'm out of breath saying all those things. She is one busy person, and we're so glad to have her here today. So, Linda, welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership. Great. Thanks for having me, Matt. You bet. So, you know, Linda, you serve and work for the fastest growing minority in the U.S., and that's the Asian and Pacific Islander community. Um, in fact, according to a new, a new information from the Census Bureau, the nation's Asian population grew at 3.4% between July 2014 and 2015, with migration responsible for the majority of the growth. So, big question, first of all, is what motivated you to get into this line of work? For me, I, I mean, I'll just say it's a little selfish maybe. Uh, when I first found out about LEAP, I was really intrigued by it, by the idea that there's this organization that's out there helping to develop leadership skills uh, with, you know, amongst Asian Americans. And, and that was just really interesting and intriguing. And uh, I started volunteering, and 25-plus years later, here I am. I'm running the organization. Who would have thought? So it's... it's uh, Pretty exciting to to just uh, I guess in a sense really know that what we did was working. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's true, and obviously it has a mission that you believe in. If you started your career there and just never left, what do your parents say about you working at a nonprofit organization? Oh well, uh, I'll just. <laughs> 
they don't say much now. I mean, I think they they're 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 pretty proud. I mean, they and and for me, it was really great when I knew that they could actually explain it to their friends in a way that just didn't uh, you know become as simple as she does this nonprofit thing. Um, but you know, the first couple years were tough. They 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 didn't understand what it meant to be working for a nonprofit, and they thought I was working for free for two years practically and. Uh, it was nice when they realized that this was really a viable career option. And so, um, and, you know, and I think you do me credit by saying that, I, you know, I, I started out my, my kind of like straight out of school. I'm actually probably a little older than that. So um, <laughs> I, I, I had some professional work experience. So I think, you know, going from that to a nonprofit was a little bit of a switch for them. And, and uh, they, I think they really questioned whether or not this was something that was, uh, a, as, as, as I'll jokingly say, a real job, but um, it definitely is, and it's definitely something that um, I've been very, very um, glad to be doing and, and one that I really believe uh, deeply in, in doing. Well, it's quite evident you being there for, for this long and, and leading this organization. Tell us more about LEAP. What, is it, what, do you, what does LEAP do? Sure. So LEAP is now um, a 36, almost 37-year-old organization. Um, I started working with the organization when it was about 10 years old, but, um, you know, it's a, I'll call it a classic nonprofit organization story. It was, you know, a group of people sitting around the table saying, you know, why, why is it that this happens? Why don't we do XYZ? And in this case, it was, you know, why are there not more you know, Asian Americans uh, stepping up into leadership? Why are we seeing the same faces over and over again? Why don't we help more people really realize and discover their potential, their leadership potential by providing opportunities for, uh, in this case, Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders to to develop and realize their, their leadership abilities, uh, which, which we believe are, are there. And so that's how it started. Um, it, I, I came into the organization about 10 years after it started, and I've just, you know, really been um, proud to say that I've been part of helping it to grow to where it is today. Um, and, and so our focus is to be able to grow and develop leaders from within the Asian uh, Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander communities, and it's a it's a big mouthful when I say it like that, but it's it's really with the idea of being as inclusive as possible in terms of of serving a very broad and diverse community. Um, one in which um, I think there are stereotypes about Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders not really having leadership abilities, and I think we're seeing more and more examples as we see. Um, you know, diverse leaders being moved into CEO roles and um, other types of leadership roles, more um, elected officials that are reflecting diverse communities. But I think there still exists this persistent stereotype about um, the communities that we work with. And um, we really believe that, that what we're here to do is to uncap the talent that's in our communities. A very powerful mission, and you're, you you really touched on so many things there about the true need to have diversity at the leadership roles. It is nice to see that this is part of the taxonomy and the language that people are using, but really, when it comes to fruition, are we really seeing diversity at the top levels, what we want it to be? I'm not so sure we're there yet. Would you agree with that? 
Yeah, I don't think, I don't, I mean, you know, we're seeing a little movements here and there, but I mean, you know, it's sometimes I feel like it's, it's, would take a step forward and then it's two steps back. Um, but um, all I can say is we're going to do, keep doing our part to, to help change that landscape by uh, ensuring that we have folks who are um, prepared, um, who are feeling um, inspired and confident um, in their abilities and uh, will aspire to these, these leadership roles. Um, but I do agree with you, Matt, that I think there's, there's still quite a bit more work to do and, and that, you know, the, the pool of talent amongst diverse communities is really deep. I think it's just being able to help others recognize and both um, within the communities but also outside the communities and, and see it for themselves. Mm-hmm. And at the core of all that, which we're going to dig in deeper in the next segment of the show, is values play such a key role in, with all the players, no matter you know whoever's at the table or, and making those critical decisions. So I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to digging into that deeper. But before we go to break, I'd like for you to share more about, so what's the philosophy of LEAP? What's the leadership so, philosophy? And thanks for asking that, Matt, because I think it really will connect to the, the conversation that we're going to have around values. And our LEAP philosophy is keep your values, develop new skills. And the idea is that we don't have to change our values. We don't have to change who we are, whether it's our heritage, our culture, our identity, um, to be successful as a leader. I think we can retain those things. However, I think the idea is that we can develop skills, new skills, to, to more effectively or, or better reflect what our values, culture, heritage, identity is so that um, it, it, it will be, um, we can be more effective leaders, but also people can see the broad ranges and abilities that we bring to, you know, the leadership table. Yes, and <clears throat> what you were talking about there, too, is on the on the or I'm perhaps I'm reading into it a little bit, but on the surface, when we meet people who are different from us, we observe things about them, but there are so many more things that are deeper. And I know you use the iceberg metaphor. Would you care to talk about that a little bit more? Sure, sure. So the the iceberg me- metaphor is this idea that really the, the bulk of the iceberg resides underneath the waterline, and most people don't see it. It's kind of like the Titanic, right? They didn't see... The, the really the biggest part of the iceberg. Um, it, I, I think that's the same thing when people see other people. I mean, I think there's 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 a lot of hidden depths to us, obviously. Um, but but I, the in a simple way, I would say um, our values, what what drives us, our core values, what drives us, um, and and what I think influences us, what guides us, what what really helps us to. Um, Make our help us make our decisions. Um, our values are really that that metaphoric. What's under the waterline, the the biggest part of the iceberg, that people don't see. They just see what it is that we do, and then they'll make interpretations and judgments and and create perceptions based on what they see above the waterline, um, without really knowing why we're doing it. They'll 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 place false or sometimes misleading um, intents on why someone might do something in a certain way. And so the idea is that, um, you know, from a keep your values, develop new skills perspective, it's these ideas that our values are, are, are not necessarily what needs to change. It's just being able to say, how do I better 
reflect or how can I reflect what's important to me from a core values perspective in a way that maybe isn't the way I was taught, but there are other ways in which I can reflect it so that then other people can also understand that I am trying to communicate in, you know, from an intent of a, maybe a common place that maybe someone else didn't realize is really a common place, you know, in, in a sense of common values. So, um, and, and hopefully then being able to help people to be open to the idea that um, just because what you see is not always what you get. And, and I think that's just an important reminder for all of us, especially as leaders, to, to uh, withhold that judgment and say, okay, is what I'm seeing really what the truth is or is there something else that maybe I'm missing? And I think, um, you know, it's that idea of positive intent instead of just assuming the negative. Mm-hmm. What's under the waterline? So keep your values and build new skills. Linda, we're at a break right now. So what we'll do is we'll pause. And when we come back, we'll continue the conversation around values, looking at Leap's leadership framework and perceptions and perception management. So for everyone out there, stay tuned. Go to my website. That's Transformational Energy Leadership. And we'll be back here in just a few moments. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you're lost in the dating world and need GPS, if you're stuck in dating hell and can't get out, if you're in need of a dating intervention, then Done Being Single with hosts Trevor and Robbie Sharp is your lifeline to love. From hookups to happily ever after, learn how to navigate single life and find the one. Tune in to Done Being Single, Saturdays, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration that opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, with award-winning authors Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the Empowerment Channel. Look among the stars, life is bigger than it seems. Get inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning, healthy living power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. 
Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you enjoyed taking a look at my website during the commercial break. So today I'm with Linda Kutagawa. She's the president and CEO of LEAP. That's Leadership Education for Asian Pacifics, someone who's passionate about developing leaders. Now, Linda, before the break, we were talking about the LEAP leadership philosophy. That's keep your values, build new skills. And we started to go into talking about what those values are. What I'd like to do here is I know that LEAP has a leadership framework that really guides the work that you do with your clients and why don't you share more about what the elements are of that framework sure and thanks for asking about that um so we have five elements to this leadership framework that that we developed at leap and this is over the 36 plus years of experience that uh, we've been doing this particular work so let me just explain just briefly what the five elements are so the first one is expand your um expand self-awareness Number two is lead and manage change. Number three is learn continuously. Number four is grow high-performing teams, coalitions, and partnerships. And number five is sustain energy and stamina. And so um, I feel like um, this is something that probably anybody listening right now would say, you know, that sounds pretty good. It's, It's... it's something that would be applicable to us. It's not necessarily just for Asian Americans, and it's not. It's, um, I don't think it is. Um, I think it's, it's, it's actually a flexible enough uh, framework that is able to encompass, I think, most anybody. Um, and, and I think in terms of it, the, the, the one part that I, I believe is the most important one out of all of them is the expand self-awareness part. Um, and um, it, it, to me, the reason why is because while it's important for, you know, as leaders that we be able to lead and manage change um, or to, to um, continuously learn uh, to grow high-performing teams, coalitions, and partnerships and sustain energy and stamina, and those are all really important parts, but to me, I think the self-awareness part is, is to me, the most important one because I think that that hits most at the heart of of us as as an individual as a person and in our leadership i think that that self-awareness and being self-aware is an important part of us being able to also be effective leaders and um i think with that the others will come the other elements will come a little bit more easily. And so within being someone, being someone who's self-aware, um, I want to break it down a little bit more and, and speak to the idea that being self-aware, the way I'm, we're defining it, is someone who is comfortable with who they are, um, someone who is able to understand the relationship between what we'll call perceptions, behaviors, and values, and also someone who um, is is a community representative or a representative and a multicultural bridge. Um, so um, representing, you know, our our communities. And and I'm going to say this in um, that we all belong to multiple communities at one time. Um, so depending on the context, you know, you may be in a place, in a space where you're representing, you know, perhaps, you know, our gender or our race or ethnicity. 
maybe it could be that we're representing our country uh, as Americans. We're representing perhaps within the U.S. We're representing our states or our cities or regions um, or maybe our companies because um, our companies or our organizations, our communities, uh, we're a community of the kind of profession that we're in. So if you're a teacher or if you're, you know, a accountant or if you're, um, you know, um, um, in the military or, 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 or something like that. You know, we, we belong to these multiple communities, and these are also what I would call the intersectionalities of our, our identities as well, too. Um, you know, that's another way to put it if, you, if it's easier for someone. Um, but it's not only being representing our communities, but it's also being a bridge from our communities or, or uh, you know, our identities to, to other communities, um, other groups, um, and helping others understand our community, but also helping our own communities understand other communities as well, too. Um, and the last one is about giving back, um, that, that as someone who's self-aware that we do give back, whether it's our, our, um, through our time, our, our talent, or, uh, in this case, our treasure. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's the part that I think is is really important. And um, depending on your time, I'd be more than happy to go into it. I, I could go more deeply into the other f- elements of our framework as well, too, if you think it'd be helpful. I think it would. And what we'll do is thread those through with some of the other things I want to address with you, particularly transformation and energy and those those elements of my show I like to address. One thing I want to point out is what I really like what you're saying is there's this it's almost like an equation here where you, you have to be self-aware and that's really being comfortable with yourself. I like what you were saying there. And then you have to consider the context of the community in which you are and then it's almost looking towards what's the mission or, or vision of what it is that you're doing. And that fits so nicely with contingency theory for a moment. You know, contingency says that there, there's the leader, there's the person, but there's also the context. And so as a leader, you have to be able to flex from one moment to, to the next. And I heard you say the word flexing as part of that's something that's important to being a leader. And that, that really mm-hmm. rings true. Yeah, and I really appreciate the part about giving back. That's essential. That came up in my research when I was interviewing leaders, and that was a key element, that the ones who were successful were the ones who said, wait a second, I need to pull others with me. And I'm I'm hearing that through you, that that's such a fundamental part of being a leader. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, none of us get to where we are on our own, and I think it's... it's, um um, what is it, Ralph Dawn, that says no man is an island? Mm, or a woman, who knows? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, the idea is that, yeah, none of us get to, you know, to where we are on our own. Someone somewhere has helped us along the way. And so uh, I think part of being a leader is also understanding that we do have these responsibilities to also give back as well, too. You know, so here's a big question for you, Linda, and I ask this of all my guests. When you think about everything you were just talking there about your framework and and the work that you've been doing, what do you think it takes for a leader to be truly transformational? Wow, that's Does, a great question. I know, I was going to say, that threw um, you, you a curveball. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I... I um, if I think about that, it, what what really does come to mind is it, it does come back to um, being self-aware. Because how can you, 
Uh, and I'm going to look at, you know, what you just asked in terms of two ways. One is being, you know, self-transformational, but also transformational in the, whether it's in the environment, the organization, or at the team level. Um, it's hard to enact that transformation without being self-aware, too. Mm-hmm. I believe, I agree with you. And it's... So, yeah, yeah, I think, I, I think it's... Um, you know, we're, I, I don't know if we'll, and anyone would ever be fully self-aware, but I think, you know, I think we have to be open to the idea that, um, you know, that we should be and look to continuously, you know, become, learn more about ourselves, just to be open to the ideas of how can we know ourselves better, but also what does that mean in the context of, of everybody else that we interact with. And, mm. and in doing that, then I think we can enact the kind of transformation that is um, is needed now. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And I firmly believe you have to, it all starts with me or the I in terms of what you were saying, there's self-awareness. In fact, I had a guest on a couple of weeks ago. Her name is Marilyn Tam. I believe you know Marilyn Tam. And yes, I do. Yeah, and she's, I mean, she's a mover and a shaker out there, and she's written a couple of books, and there, you know, one of her books was how to use what you've got to get where you want, and she's got a recent one, I, I, I can't remember the publication right now, but when she was on my show, she said, you know, as leaders, the first thing, think about it when you get on an airplane, when you go through that safety briefing, they tell you, first put on your mask before you put on the mask of someone next to you. And when mm-hmm. you think about that, I, I, you know, it just has really stuck with me that you're right. I've got to be able to breathe before I can help others breathe. And that means taking time mm-hmm. for me. And it sounds somewhat selfish in a way, but then it's reality. And it does. It comes yeah. all back to, yeah, back to that self-awareness piece. You know, before, yeah, before we... Yeah, I mean, you know, actually, it's interesting that you say that because I think um, it does seem selfish, but at the same time... When you think about it, if you don't help yourself first, then how can you help more than just the one person next to you? Because mm-hmm. clearly, if you're willing to step up and help, then having one person who's going to be able to help more is better than just one, you know, one, a person who's just only willing to help one other person, if right. that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. So, and. Yeah. If you want the whole plane flying in the right direction together <laughs> with everyone on board, <laughs> the leader's got to be breathing. So, yeah. That's you right. Know. That's right. <laughs> yes, you know, we uh, want the pilot to be breathing. <laughs> yes, we do want that to be happening. Let's circle back to values. We touched on a little bit in the previous segment, you know, talking about we've got the surface of when we think about the iceberg metaphor, we meet a person, we see them, we make some, and whether we want to agree to it or not, we make judgments instantly about others. As soon as someone walks in the room, we make judgments just based off of experiences and, you know, that ladder of inference where we just start to take collect some data and make assumptions. And what I want to do is move this into the part, our conversation into, so let's let's think about values. So we walk into a room, people are judging us, but underneath there's all these values. How important are our values in being, uh, having impact as a leader? I I think, to me, I think values are, are those kind of guiding principles. Um, to me, and, and by guiding principles, I mean these are the things that go deep and that are part of what I would call um, 
and but not exclusively so. I mean, they 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 cut across different things, but like kind of like part of our moral fabric, right? It 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 guides how we expect people to interact with us, with each other, uh, with with again the you know with the with the broader world. I think it it guides how um, we expect other people to. If if not ourselves, if not someone else, at least ourselves. You know, it, it guides, um, it guides how you know how we're going to do things, how we're going to interact with people. Uh, it guides, um, I think, uh, just uh, um, you know what 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 choices one would make given um, you know a set of choices. Mm-hmm. And um, um, I, I, at at the very least, it's it's kind of like the, you know, what what would you do? What should you do? And and oftentimes we we really dig into our you know our value system, and it, specifically our core values. Uh, you know, values I think can can come from different places. Um, mm-hmm. The work that I do. When we talk about values, we're often really speaking from or we're, we're really digging deeper into values that come from our culture. But mm. I, I, I want to say and I want to acknowledge that values can come from a lot of other different places, too. Um, it can come from where we grew up, uh, where we live now, the kind of work that we do, our religion, um, our family. Um, it could be values that as as we've grown into adulthood that we've adopted because it's just something that resonated with us, um, whether it's because of our personality or, or because of who we are. Um, you know, these, these are things that um, I would say um, uh, form the basis of, of what is our core value system. Um, it's a little bit different, I would say, from perhaps um, um, beliefs. I mean, you know, values in a sense are, are, I guess maybe, you know, one can argue is beliefs, but I think to me beliefs are, 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 are things in which we believe the way the world is and the way the world should be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not necessarily... Some of it may guide what we do, but um, you know, I think it would make for an interesting conversation to say, does it necessarily always guide what we do? It may be, it, it may be a way in which we may see the world, but you know, given a choice, sometimes it will help, sometimes it won't necessarily help. Uh, so, I think that um, it, I, to me, I think really understanding our our core values. Is 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 super important because um, the other thing about values versus beliefs is that it, it's interesting. I think people are more cognizant of their beliefs, but I think if I if 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 we were to survey a lot of the folks around us, if we asked them what are, what would you say are your core values, it would take people some time to really think. About what those are, and to be able to answer. That's yeah, I how agree deep with you. they go. They go very deep. Whereas the you know what? I think people could just rattle them off. 
Yes. And you know what I'm taking away from this is your values are those deep motivations, those principles that you were talking about before. And I, what I need to do is I can look at your behavior and then try to figure out what your values are. So then behavior is a big part of the the equation too. You know, Linda, let's pause right here and we need to take a commercial break. And when we come back, let's continue this conversation and also looking at work styles and how that influences how others perceive us. So everyone taking or everyone listening, go to my website, that's transformationalenergyleadership.com and we'll see you here in just a couple of minutes. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you always known that something different was possible for your life and in the world? What if you could create beyond your current reality? If your relationships, finances, business, health, and life could be anything, what would they be? Join Heather Nichols for an invitation to discover what is true for you in every area of your life and for conversations loaded with pragmatic tools for how to create it. Listen live every Monday at noon Pacific and 9 p.m. Central European time for Creating Beyond Reality on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We all experience grief and loss. It's not something most people like to talk about, but these topics do need to be discussed. On Let's Talk About Grief, host Addie Anderson speaks to both professionals and individuals about grief, death, and personal loss. You'll hear the important topics, the personal and professional outlooks, and learn how to prepare yourself and loved ones when the need arises. Listen Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. The White House Doctor Makes House Calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. And we are back. Today, my guest is Linda Kutigawa. And we are discussing the power of values when it comes to true transformation of leadership. And at the end of the last break, and, and of course, over the break, Linda and I kept com- kept the conversation going. And we were talking about values and behaviors. And I had said at the very end that by observing someone's behavior, we can try to start to figure out what their values are. But I put that out there as a controversial because that's not always true. And Linda, I think you have a point of view on this as well. Yeah, I do. Um and I, I'm, I'm glad that you said you, you did that to be controversial. So because I, I, I was thinking, it's like, oh, wait a minute. No, it's not that simple. Um, because if it were, I mean, then I think 
well, one, I don't think I'd be in business, and two, I don't think a lot of other consultants would be in business as well, too. I think it's a lot harder than that. I mean, we can't attribute um, a behavior to a certain specific motivation. Um, you know, we're human beings, and so we're much more complex than that. And and I think the idea is that um, if you see someone doing something, you know, in other words, if you see a behavior, it's not necessarily... Uh, what I would call um, a one-to-one relationship. It's not necessarily attributable to one specific value or or reason. Um, it could be multiple values. It could be multiple reasons why somebody is 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 doing what they're doing, because um, you know, and that gets back to the flexibility kind of point too. Is that um, you know we. There's so many different ways in which um, a, a core value can be demonstrated. And I'll give you an example. Um, so uh, it, common conversations that we have um, in the Asian-American uh, community is about respect and specifically respect for um, Older, you know, elders, those who are older than us, or or those who may be in positions of authority. And so, um, the example that I usually try to give is in a lot of Asian communities and um, those who grew up, you know, in Asian cultures. Um, that usually means that we, um, you know, defer to somebody who we perceive to have more experience. You know, is maybe. Um, from a from a title or position perspective, you know, higher than us, or or someone who's just older, just by by the fact that they're older, um, will will defer to them, even though maybe we might know more, or we may have more experience or knowledge um, uh, than than somebody else, um, you know, but. Culturally, we're, we're, we're taught to do that. I think in, in workplaces here in the U.S. especially, um, that doesn't necessarily always apply. And so um, what, I, what I use as the example is that for, for kids growing up in, in the U.S., going to school here, we're taught to um, participate in class discussions. And so, you know, we're, we're supposed to share our thoughts, share our opinions, share our perspectives. Um, you know, we still are expected to raise our hands, so that's, that's still, you know, showing respect in that way. But compared to, say, somebody who grew up in Asia and went to school in Asia, you know, the expectation there is that as students, you sit down, you be quiet, and you don't say anything unless spoken to. And so, you know, fast forward, you come to the U.S., you're working here, you know, you go into a meeting, and um, if you don't realize that you're supposed to participate in the discussions, you're going to wait until you have something important to say or you're called upon. And so then that leads to then the next part, which is, you know, perceptions about our abilities to be leaders, our, you know, thoughts that we're just too quiet, we don't, we don't care, we don't have ideas, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe we don't speak English or something like that. Um, but, you know, we, you could have another Asian American who um, maybe not necessarily having grown up here, but maybe grew up even in Asia too, um, you know, but has learned that, um, 
you know, showing respect here in the U.S. means you do have to participate. So instead of sitting back and being quiet, you know, they've learned, you know, I am going to speak up. I'm going to say something when I have an idea, when I think that somebody perhaps is, um, is stating something incorrectly or is taking the group in the wrong direction because uh, their belief uh, or their knowledge in something may not be quite fully correct. And so... Um, you know, is that person being disrespectful? No, not necessarily. Is the other person being disrespectful who doesn't say a whole lot? No, not necessarily. I think they both are showing what they believe to be respectful behavior, um, but it could be misinterpreted in very different ways depending on the lens by which someone else, you know, let's say it's a boss or a colleague, is viewing them because we all have a lens by which we're viewing each other's behaviors, and so it's also... I believe our interpretations of behavior is also, um, this isn't probably the best way to say it, but I'm going to say it's colored by the lens by which we're seeing and um, the behaviors. It's colored by our personal experiences and what we, we've been taught to, how we've been taught to interpret certain behaviors. So, um, you know, for me, I may see someone as being quiet as you know, as that's respectful behavior because I, I understand that uh, when I see people being quiet, it doesn't mean that they don't care or that they don't, they're being disrespectful. It means maybe they're, they're trying to, to wait their turn. Um, you know, for someone else, they may see that as being, you know, not caring and therefore perhaps disrespectful because in, in their experiences, in their upbringing, they've been taught you show respect by speaking up. There's that, so much that packed in. Explain that point. It makes a lot of sense, and I, it's, that's why I brought it up because I knew you would have such a great perspective on all of this, Linda. Let's take this to thinking about leadership now in terms of leaders now really have to be thinking globally. You know, global having global employees, global communities. What is the call to action here for leaders? I I, I think really. I, I think it's really being open to the idea that what you see is not necessarily what you're going to get or what you think it, it is. Um, I think it's, it, it really is about um, not only being open to other, other possibilities, but I think it's also being, it, it, it's, it's, this is going to sound funny, but I think being courageous enough to ask questions and to, mm. to inquire to genuinely, in a authentic and, and interested way, seek to learn. Mm-hmm. What does this mean? You know, when you see something and you 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 you're not sure, am I interpreting? Am I am I understanding this correctly? I think you know, genuinely um, interested conversations and questions that arise from those conversations will result in better understanding, especially when you're working globally, because we can't assume the same things apply. But, I, Matt, I also want to say, I think when people go overseas, you know, to, you know, another place outside of their home country, I think they already know that I need to do that. But mm-hmm. we're in the U.S., we're in a place where, you know, the world has come to us, and we're working oftentimes with people who are different from us, Sometimes we may not even realize they're different, but, um, you know, even the regional differences have their own, I'll call, cultural nuances, too. And I think using that, taking that same perspective into 
the environments that we're in, whether we're working with someone from a different part of the world or we're working with someone from a different part of the country, it, it, I encourage people to ask those questions because um, talk about being transformational. It can transform us. We're, we're, we're going to grow. We're going to develop. We're going to really expand our, our understanding and, and really, I think, enable us to be better leaders because it's not just it's my way or the highway. Mm. I the concept of curiosity, genuine curiosity, when we are totally invested in understanding and learning about another person genuinely, like you said, with true authenticity, that's that's when transformation happens. Where you know, it's so I, I like what you're saying. The world came to us and it's so important for us to go see the world and and live it and experience it. So yeah, we, we don't have to get on a plane, uh, literally. Yeah. I mean, for some of us, we could just drive down the street. Yes, and go to a different community. Uh-huh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and have those same experiences and, and learn and grow and, and, you know, broaden our understanding and, and enable us to be better leaders because of that. Yeah, and that gets to, you know, one of the foundational elements of my research was about permeating boundaries. And my particular group I was I was surveying, it was Asian Indians who were very successful in their chosen careers. And the thing that they brought up was within India, for example, as children, you would have the Hindus playing with the Muslims, playing with the Christians, playing with the Jains. Point being is they all celebrated each other because they knew each other at that personal level. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. and it helped make them successful in their careers going forward. So you know what? On that note, let's take a break, and when we come back, let's let's wrap things up and and have some some takeaways for everyone who's listening about values and trans being transformational. So for everyone listening out there, we'll see you on the other side in a couple of minutes. Stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life, have certainty in yourself, and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. What makes you a success? Is it your business or career? Is it your family and social life? How do you achieve the next level in your success? Tune in to Infinite Success Radio with host Rachel O'Brien Eddy. Rachel and her amazing guests are here to encourage, inspire, and empower you to take control of your destiny and achieve the level of success you were born to reach. How do ordinary people become extraordinary? Find out with Infinite Success Radio, broadcasting live every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. 
turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to, to the show, and today's show is called Transformational Leaders Know Their Values, and I've been talking this past hour with Linda, who's very passionate about this and the work that she's been doing in the Asian and Pacific Islander community, and quickly, we've got a caller on hold who has a question for us. Janice, are you there? I am here, Matt and Linda. Oh, How are you? Well, welcome. Good. What's your question for us? I've been uh, listening intently. And um, uh, thanks for your insights, uh, Linda, on uh, values, culture. It's, it's a topic that we often talk about. And, uh, you know, I know it's covered in LEAP programs through uh, it, your, your wonderful training programs and also through uh, coaching. So I want to ask a question on the flip side. You've given some suggestions on how individuals, who are Asian American can use their curiosity and ask questions when they're in a meeting um, just to, to demonstrate um, their proactiveness. And uh, so my question relates to what management can do. What strategies do you recommend management uh, employ in order to call out sort of best ideas from Asian Americans who may be a bit reticent to speak at a meeting. Janice, thanks so much for being on and calling in and, and asking that great question. Um, you know, I, I, there's, there's, uh, there's, to me, I think there's a couple things that management can do or, or a leader can do, and especially if they know that, um, and, and actually what I'm going to say is probably not only applicable to their Asian employees, but... I would say, um, you know, Matt, you had mentioned something about styles. I mean, you're going to have, you know, employees or, or, or team members of all, you know, backgrounds who may be a little bit more uh, reticent to speak up right away. Um, there's a couple things that I think could be done. One is I think if, if a manager is uh, aware of just, kind of the styles of their employees, but particularly, especially their Asian employees, too, um, I think that they could call on them and just say, hey, you know, Janice, what do you think about this? Or, hey, Matt, I, you know, you, you usually have kind of some great thoughts on this. You know, uh, what, what, what's your perspective on this? And so I think it's inviting them into the conversation and asking them to, to weigh in. Um, I, I think I'll always say that I think you're, you're never going to find that they're going to not have an answer to re- respond to. Um, I think the other thing, too, that could be a useful technique, and, and, and this depends on the manager, I think. Um, um, if, if they know that there's going to be certain things that they want um, on the agenda and that they're expecting to 
um, bring up during, you know, a, a meeting related to whatever topic it is, a project or it's a, a standing staff meeting or whatever it is, um, you know, they could always give, you know, folks a heads up and say, you know, here's the agenda. Um, and then very specifically to say to, hey, Janice, I want to make sure that you are going to be ready to speak on this particular topic. So then that way, you know, um, uh, you know, an Asian employee who may be a little bit less comfortable saying something because either they feel that someone's already said it and therefore it doesn't need to be repeated or, you know, um, I'd rather, I'm not sure if this is a good enough idea to bring up, but let me just, I'll just hold back and I'll just tell my manager afterwards, which doesn't always help uh, because it could be an idea that, um, you know, the other team members could jump in on. I think this way, if they're put on notice that that they're expected to contribute and to be ready to contribute, this, this will give them that time to have thought through what they would talk about, what they would say, and then they're, therefore they're ready to jump in. Um, and participate in the conversation because they know that that a particular topic is going to be on the agenda. So to me, I think those are two simple ways in which um, managers can help um, their Asian employees, but also I think any employee in which they they find tend to be um, a little bit more, let's say, either shy or quieter or reticent in, in speaking up quickly. And I'm going to jump jump in here right now because time is running away. Thank you, Janice, for the call. Really appreciate it. And, Linda, I like those techniques. I call that putting people on standby so that they're not caught off guard. And you're right. They have, it works for the introverts and, and others. So we've got just two minutes left, Linda. And so you just gave an excellent example of a takeaway that the listeners can do right now when they get off the call as they're leading others, be thinking about how to call people into the conversation and and feed them information in advance. What might be some other techniques we think about values and being a leader that we could do, we can enact right after the call today? You know, I I would encourage people to really think deeply about what motivates them in terms of their values. Um, You know, it's interesting. Um, and I say this because I, I, it's 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 something that I'm always constantly thinking about, and and I feel like I, I'm still learning even about myself. So I mean, really start to examine what 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 your core values are, um, and and understand how that plays out in the way you do things. You know, the way you behave, the way you interact with people, um, and and uh, use that to understand. Okay. Are there other ways in which I can reflect what's important to me, but perhaps not always use the same, I'll, I'll say, tool, the same style, the same way of doing things? You know, sometimes you may be thinking, um, why am I always getting this reaction? It's kind of like that saying, you know, insanity is, is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different reaction or a different outcome. You know, so are you having, you know, are you doing something, the same thing over and over again, getting the same reaction, but always wondering, why is this always happening to me? <laughs> you know, take a, take a deep look back and say, what else can I do differently? But still the, enables me to stay true to who I am. Right. Do that deep introspection. It goes back to that self-awareness you were talking about earlier. So, Linda, we're out of time. If our listeners want to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to contact you? They could email me at... L-A-K-U-T-A-G-A-W-A at leap, L-E-A-P dot O-R-G. 
Fantastic. That's L. Akutagawa at leap.org. Linda, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule. And thank you. I really, really appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me, Matt. It's been a pleasure. You bet. And for everyone listening out there, if you've got a topic you want to have addressed or a speaker to come on and join the, the dialogue, please let me know. You can email me at mwolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. And until the next time we're together, harness that positive energy and lead transformation. Talk with you next week. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Transformational Energy Leadership. Please join Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey again for another edition next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.